Welcome to Blue Collar Love, the only Starflyer 59 podcast not officially sponsored by Limoncello LaCroix. <laughs> My name is Samuel, and the way it looks, I'm right on pace to fall apart like some weirdo who's always up to something and always on pace to turn on to some weirdo. And I'm Aaron. For the first time, Sam stole my lyric. I was going to do the same thing, so I'll just leave it as that. <laughs> I knew it. I told you before. I said I think we're going to have the same lyric. Such a just great line. Just lyric, you know? Why you, to, you could have just did the first one, Sam, and left me the second one, man. You're so greedy. Bless your heart. You northerners, I tell you. You're not com- not gracious at all. <laughs> <laughs> and we can restart the podcast so you can do the second one. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Oh, hey guys, welcome back. Um, thank you for, you know, we've been doing this podcast now for going on five years. Going on four years. And we've had a core group of like 100 people or so that just faithfully listen to everything we put out. So thank you guys so much for hanging with us. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. <laughs> like, this has been an amazing experience for us. It has been. All right, so tonight we are exploring, listening to, dissecting 2016's Slow. So slow. (laughs) This was uh, Starfire's return to Tooth & Nail Records, at least for a little while. Um, It features, of course, Jason Martin on guitars, vocals, piano, as a producer, T. Manny on drums, Stephen Dale on bass. You know, the, the Starfire trio, if you will. Yep. That stuck around from, what would that have been? About My Island forward? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was also acoustic guitar played by A. Cook, whoever that is, on Wrong Time, too. That's the other credit that's up here. But only on the song Wrong Time. Yep. And the song, the album was mastered by Troy Glessner and mixed by J.R. McNeely. And oh my goodness, the mastering or the mixing or something on this sounds so much better than the last album. So yeah. I applaud you, Troy Glessner and J.R. McNeely. You guys yes. did awesome. Yeah, they did. I agree. Like, I don't know what was up with that last album, but, like, when I heard this, I was like, oh, hey, this sound, just sounds, something was done right here. It's great on, it's great on headphones and just blasting loud. I've, uh, this week, I've listened to it in um, both versions, and, like, you can really hear everything pretty clear, um, just regular listening or headphones. Yeah, agree. Top-notch job. All right. So before we get started here, Aaron, um, give me your history on this particular Starfire. We're getting really close to present day, so. We really are. Well, I, I'm pretty sure, I'm like 99.9% sure this is the time, like I, I, I remember re- mentioning when we reviewed Change of the Guard where I initially hated it, so um, I didn't really listen. That was like my cutest could do from starfire for a little bit i thought jason was done so i missed um i am a ceo real time and i don't know how i came back i, I think this is the time when i started when i got on the starfire 59 message group um so i think that that's so this album had already come out this is also this came out June 17, 2016. 2016 is the year Prince died. And it's really interesting because I didn't realize it was released June, July 17th. 
Prince's birthday was June 7th, and my oldest son was 10 at the time this album came out. And my youngest son was born June 9th, you know, so like, you know, nine, 10 days right before this album came out. I didn't know any of that. And this that's important later as we go through the um, album. So when I got this, I remember it's 2016. I, it was already out, so I didn't get it real time. I, I think I got back in the Starfire group like in August or September this year. So I got this. And so I listened to it. And I was like, oh, good decision when I stopped changing the guard because this isn't where it's at. You know, um, actually, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. No, it was. It was 2019 when Young in My Head. I got Young in My Head like that. Then I got slow. I was like, uh, yeah, that's what it was. Okay. And so I didn't really listen to it that much. You know, periodically I would listen to slow. So it was kind of like, you know, towards the bottom of my favorite Starfire albums down there with, um, you know, um, I Am CEO and some other lower ones. I can't think of her name. Maybe My Island. But this week listening to it, just like with My Island, when we reviewed My Island, My Island was really low. For some reason, I don't know, um, I had some opinion that it was, that slow was kind of song, like all samey and like not very diverse, kind of like middle of the road. But I was wrong. <laughs> and so I, yeah, so as we go through this, we'll see how my mind has changed on this. Because, yeah, originally I didn't care for it too much. And now it's like moving up. It's moving up. How about you, Sam? Um, so this album, I had just went completely over my head when it came out. I was not really listening like heavily to Starflyer at the time. And uh, I think also I was, this is stupid, but I was going through a phase where I'm like, I didn't really care as much for slow music. I, I was just all about that, that fast beat. That bass um, no trouble. Yeah. Well, not that song. But it's so I saw the title and it was just like, yeah, that's not for me. And just completely ignored it. Didn't even didn't even bother listening or searching it out. Nothing. So this is really I'm sure I've listened to it at some point before because I've been listening to Starfire pretty regularly for the past four years. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is the first time I've really like examined it or paid attention to it. And um, man, this was a. Uh, this was wrecking me a little bit when I was first listening to it, when I was reviewing it, I guess I should say. And I'm like, easy there, Jay Martin. I, I don't have good insurance, man. I don't I can't pay for damage. I'm in America. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's my little preview of what we're going to talk about here. <laughs> yeah. I think I, th I think this is going to be one album. Like, we start with the same. I think we're going to be pretty simpatico on this i think our, our opinion is going to be pretty same for all these songs i think but we'll see we'll see where we go here um i also may have just been feeling super sentimental when i wrote the review so i can't guarantee you know if i reviewed it again today i'd feel the exact same way well it's a sentimental album and oh and before we go into it so um it was released on cd and vinyl i have the vinyl copy it's probably a cd copy i guess um the vinyl copy the slow title has an embossed it's in the word slow is embossed in the cover and it has the lyrics on the back. The CD is, if I remember correctly, the CD doesn't come with the lyrics, um, but the record does. And I mean, if you look at the album mark on online, um, it's not too much. It's slow on the cover and then lyrics on the back and there's no insert. I mean, the insert's just like a black sleeve for the record to be in. So nothing special. 
Yeah, I almost wish, especially with as nostalgic as this album is, I wish it would have just been a blank album with just like, I think they didn't want it to, you know, obviously they didn't want it to look too much like silver, but make it like a black. Let let this be Jay Martin's black album, you know? Or in the insert, have like some family, old family photos or something like that. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So anyway, what that is. Say. All right, Sam, you ready to jump into this bad boy? Let's jump into this. Um, let's do it fast, not slow. Let's kick off with this first song. Um, right off the bat, this is one of my favorites um, in my top three or four here. I'm mean, granted, this is a really short album, so three or four, four is half the album. But it's not. It's the point. it's 32 minutes and seven seconds long. It's the new pink. It's it's eight songs, but they're eight really good songs. So you know what? Seven really good, seven really good songs. Seven really good songs, but go ahead. Um, so slow. Um, I love that slow, no pun intended, bass and kick drum intro. Mm-hmm. Um, the organ creates a really cool atmosphere that gives me images of like a foggy morning on an abandoned street. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really loving how clear Jason's vocals sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, this may truly be the first album where they've like actually pushed his vocals completely to the front of the mix. And I am here for it. Like, I know he doesn't consider himself a great singer, but I maybe I'm also just used to it after 15 albums or whatever. 14. But, it's the 14th, not including the EPs and the side projects. But I think his voice is sounding really good here. And plus, you know, his voice has matured so well. Now he has like that deep, gravelly Johnny Cash thing going for him. And it just sounds good. And uh, when that guitar hits, and you'll hear me referencing a lot of other albums here, I really feel like this is like the nostalgia album. When that guitar hits around three minutes and 20 seconds, I really get some gold and Americana vibes. Um, Like just the kind of loungy, still slightly distorted. But for me, where this song really shines is the lyrics. Mm. I love the little the little subtle bits of showing the passage of time. Like in the first verse, there's they're leasing a Jeep Cherokee. Yep. They're thinking of baby names, but on the second verse, they're selling their Honda Odyssey and they're on child number three. Um, also, we get another mention of Riverside. So yeah, Riverside, California. It's just, it's, the, it's the theme going throughout all the albums. What dreams die. Um, but then he talks about through the passage of time and how he just wants his life to slow down and not go so fast. And, oh, this has hit me hard. Uh, this week I turned 32. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my wife just got done celebrating our 10th anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. And so, like, he gets that second verse and says, I know I'm still kind of young and you're still kind of young. But... I'm still terrified of this life just passing by in a whirlwind. And I just want it to slow down so badly. And that's why it was hitting me so hard. And I'm like, man, stop, stop, spe- stop sitting next to me, Jason. Go away. What are you doing in my living room or my office? Where my office? You, no, have him sit there and then we can record him. Why would you shoot him away? You're the worst, <laughs> Sam. Gosh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so this song was hitting me hard. Um, just because, you know, naturally on the weeks of your birthdays and stuff, you just get contemplating really hard. On, on big anniversaries, like 10 years, you start contemplating. And yeah. So, yeah, this this song gets me right in the, the sweet spot of 
sad, sweet, sweet. What's that? What's Terry Taylor call it? Like, sad, sweet music. Sad, sweet music. Mm-hmm. Love it. So yeah, it's my thoughts on this. All right. Uh, this is. Uh, I, I won't bury the lead. This is my favorite song on this album. Number one, four stars. Um, I'm with. I agree with everything you said, Sam. Um, this is, and I believe this is the. This album, this song is the first time where Jason's lyrics are pushed to the foreground, like you like you mentioned. It was done again on life on um, life in bed on the Vanity album, but yeah, I it was. I didn't when I first got this album, I wasn't really paying attention to that because I was just sad that it was so slow. I'm not, I wasn't like you where I, like I've always liked slow music and stuff, but um, I don't know like for Starfire and this this is <laughs> this is an interesting start to the album anyway. So I call this this song is. This is one of the most musically diverse albums in Starfire's history. And I don't know how in my mind that it got pigeonholed until Vince Sane saw me. But that's on me. Um, but this song is Slow Burner 59. It's the slowest tempo of any opener on any Jason album. Um, I guess Jason wanted the, the, the title track to lead off the album and set the pace. Because, like you said, it's it's a very nostalgic album, and this is the most nostalgic, sentimental song, whatever you want to call it. The restraint percussion really drives home the tension that is in the lyrics. Um, this has strong change in the car, change in the car vibes to me, um, because of like the the, the 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 lyrical content and the grooves. And like you said, Sam, at three minutes and twenty seconds. We go into Cowboy Lounge, Americana, Flyer 59. Um, love the melancholy subdued feel of that solo throughout. Um, it's a masterclass in how restraint can be so... So powerful, you know? Sometimes, you know, people want to do wild, crazy solos to express themselves, but... Sometimes you know less is more. Um, this is Jason's m- most non-cryptic album. I mean, you there's you, there's no analysis that you need to do, right, Jay, um, Sam? It's, he's just saying what it is, right? <laughs> there's, I mean, he he's just straight up saying it. And um, when the drums kick in, and the, again with the guitar, it's so emotive. You know, it's like the song "Tears in Heaven" by Eric Clapton. The it's acoustic song, and he's just. And you know the subject matter of that song. If not, just research it. And I feel that 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 just um, overwhelming like sadness that comes with the passage of time, like you said, Sam. And the you know the last um, two lines. You know, my kids grow up so fast. I want it slow. And I have kids, one six and one sixteen. And yeah, I'm with you, Sam. This week it's just really hitting me hard. And then my life goes by so fast. I want it slow, so slow slow and then the the guitar just takes over and it just what jason plays there you can just it just it's just musically repeating those lines over and over again it turns into like a lament from lamentations in my head it's just over and over again um you don't have kids but i'm saying but people out there you know it's just like you just blink like my son can drive now like i remember holding him in one arm it's like it's crazy it's <laughs> So yeah, I mean, and I, and this is so sad to me because I wish Jason would do this more. He's so cryptic and everything. If he could just like just express, and and I know he says that he's 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 writing clearly as he can in his lyrics, but 
just really nails the song. I love it so much. That's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> all right. So, so you say that this is his least cryptic album, but this next song, I'm not. No, I'm not no, no sure. song. No, this just the song. This song is this. this <laughs> okay. Song. So, tell me your <laughs> thoughts on "Told Me So." This is U2 slash Dalim Flyer 59 <laughs> to me. Um, definitely a change up, which is great because we needed a breather from all that heaviness on slow. Um, this feels like the soundtrack to like a if there was like a cowboy desert shooter film, like you know, High Noon, there's a standoff. Like, I feel like this would be a great um soundtrack to that scene. Um, the high-pitched guitar notes in the background of the chorus sound really great. Love the chunky guitars and the um, the parts after the chorus. Um, the keyboards throughout are stellar. The solo during the outro is peak Jason Perfection. Um, this is my fifth favorite song on the album. Um, three stars. Um, and yeah, you, you're right. I mean, and I wrote in my, my notes, back to cryptic jason <laughs> um for my take i think maybe a spouse this song's about a spouse wanting too much or having high earnestic expectations of their partner um but yeah that's what i think about this what do you think sam so it's funny you say cowboy because we've we've talked about it i would say at least well really some of it in Americana, but definitely since everybody makes mistakes, there's been like this cowboy cowboy vibe yeah. running through so many random songs in the yep. discography. Yep. Um, but for me, for my take, which um, I'm getting some Portuguese blues vibes here. I can see that. Uh, yeah, that's that's why I was feeling. Which, granted, U two is just the really simple chords most of the time with well, less distortion. I, I, I mean, like Octune Baby era U two, not like Joshua Tree. Um, play that bass, Dale. Um, man, I'm lo- I, I will talk about his bass more as we go on, but I'm loving it. Um, I love that little guitar echoing the melody on the "So You Say That You Told Me So." Mm-hmm. And then, like, the guitar echoes the melody of the words. I think that's just a really cool effect. And then around two around two minutes, we get some great effects on the guitar, followed by either synths or maybe some effect pedals that definitely give this dial-in vibes. So you called it right, dial-in. Um, I think dial-in is probably his most U2 album anyways. So yeah, yeah. I can kind of see that. Um, this is maybe the first genuine rocker we've had in at least a couple albums. Like between the changing of guard and CEO, this may be the rockiest we've gotten from Starflower in a minute. Good point. Um, that's that's nice. The lyrics super vague here, but the idea I'm getting is obeying God even when He doesn't make it super clear why we should do this thing, or even always how to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like God's expectations for our lives can feel so big sometimes, but there is a bit in here. I love that says it's all small. If you make it back, the way I took that was the prices of obedience is ultimately nothing in comparison to the reward you receive, rather it be earthly or heavenly. Uh, You know, sometimes just to obey is, is enough and just trying your best at it. I mean, even when it all doesn't make sense. I, I took that as like, you know, as um, going with the theme of the first, um, well, the themes throughout it from the first song 
it's all small if you make it back. Like, cause you know, in marriage and life, you have small, smaller, big setbacks. Like maybe you had a loan that went through, you bought a car that was a limit and now you're behind, um, or you're behind on payments, but you know, if, and you have arguments or whatever over that, but if you're able to work and overcome that, then whatever that setback was, was small. That's how I took it. Fair enough. And you know, I mean, there's many great books and seminars written about, how a uh, marriage and relationships with God is very similar things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, so, yeah that's uh, told me so. All right, let's move on to Cherokee. Um, some more great bass. Dale's on fire. This album, I am loving it. Maybe this is the most clear bass we've gotten since my island. I think. You're right. I agree. And I, I love the bass on that album. So, yes. yeah. Um, and then, speaking of YouTube, we get some Edge-esque guitar tones here. Mm-hmm. Um, very post-punk, new wave. Um, it falls right in line with the Lo and Behold project, but I kind of hated that project, and I like this. So, um, and then around one minute, we get some we get a surf rock guitar line that, you know, just every yeah. surf rock song uses it. Um, but if we've talked about before, this might be the album's beach songs, but very rarely are Jason's beach songs sunny. They're always like visiting the beach on a cold overcast day. Or it's just, or or it could be a warm day, but it's raining. (laughs) Like he never, his beach songs are never like happy, sunny beach songs. (laughs) Yeah. They're always like depressing beach songs. Like, yeah. Lightning storms happening. (laughs) Yeah. Um, this is the second reference to a Jeep Cherokee we've got in this album. Um, and I thought this was about Native Americans. Oh, I missed that. I'm just playing. So this is referencing. I'm, I'm, I know. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> um, and cars have a long been a topic of inspiration in music and art. And uh, my favorite thing is when. It, it's not so much about the car, but what the car represents. Exactly. Um, in this case, the Jeep Cherokee seems to represent wh- when he could have gone down to Mexico for no other reason than just because. And, you know, when you're young like that, you had time just to not need a reason to do anything other than you felt like it. And you could be frivolous and you could just enjoy that time. And, you know, once again, going back to that theme of um, sentimentality and nostalgia of hey, remember when we were young and we just drove my dad's Jeep along the beach and took pictures just because we could. But as you get older, that frivolous time starts becoming less and less and less. Yeah. (laughs) And I know once you get kids, your frivolous time is all but gone. Yeah. Sometimes it's those darn stupid little moments that can we miss so much. And we have no idea why. We're like, why am I missing this stupid moment that I didn't accomplish anything? But you miss it nonetheless. Yeah. And that's that's what this song is all about. Just missing those moments that didn't seem like anything in the moment, but mean so much to you now that you're older. Yeah. So yeah, that's my thoughts yeah. on Cherokee. All right, Cherokee for me. Third song on this album. My sixth favorite song on this um, album. Three stars as well. This is, and I hear that, and I hear you about the age guitars, but this is um, DA, Daniel Amos Flyer 59 to me. The intro kind of reminds me of the um, Doppelganger, um, Aaron DA. Um, 
those hi hi the hi hats throughout are tasty more than anything. Yeah, the groove in the song, and yeah, Stephen Dale's bass with the you know part of this groove is so infectious. I'm in a minute forty five when the tempo picks up. Beautiful, it's the height of the song to me. Love how um, the beat quasi fades um, away at like two twenty five. It's like you know, um, the it's I love that part. The driving rhythm and guitars work very well in the intro. So beautiful. Um, for me, like um, the lyrics for me, um, obviously it's a trip that um, Jason and Julie took for. I mean, some reason, but what I think it was from the. Um, um, lyrics, um, the, the line, I needed photos down in Mexico. Um, either that either means that, you know, he's talking about like, you know, you know, he's the one who's always losing because he can't make the time. So either he's trying to just enjoy and just trying to get pictures or, you know, his dad has a trucking company and maybe they were sent on a trip down to Mexico to like get some photos for some insurance claim or something. And so he's just trying to get these photos so they can get back. Those are, it's one of those two. That's how I read it. Um, and then, um, what was that? The little things again. Um, let's see here. Where does he say? Um, it's always been the little things that go so wrong. It's just the little things that break my heart. It's always been the little things from the very start. And, and we talk about little things, but little things aren't little. You know, like maybe like a little, like your your spouse, you know, maybe short with you or they don't recognize you could cut your hair. Or they didn't recognize some accomplishment. That might be a little thing, but it is big because it's it's a big hurt to you. And so we had the, um, and told me so about the small, um, it's all small if you make it back and now this. And there's a couple more songs too. We're talking about small little things. That's a little theme that seems to run through this album. There's no trilogy here, Sam. I know you're heartbroken, but there's some themes that I noticed that. that. Like there was like no trilogy. I was like, what the heck? I <laughs> know, poor Sam. And I was like, oh, Sam's gonna kill himself. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so that's what I think about this song. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a decent song. You know. Though you could so. argue, mm-hmm. "Told Me So," "Cherokee," and "High Low" um, have a vague theme of some sort of like personal conflict. This whole album does. I mean, because well, I mean, just really quick. First, you know, the passage of time in his life to where he is currently and slow. Told, told me so. Maybe that's the marriage God relationship with God that's been throughout his life that he's wrestling with. Cherokee reference back to the first song, and and that Cherokee had some memories about this one event where they went down to Mexico when they were younger, frivolous. And then we get to the next song, High Low. Which would you like tell me to me take? About it. Okay. Well, it kind of continues because um, I think lyrically, um, it's about a bad business deal, maybe with Brandon Apple. Or maybe just a misunderstanding with a friend, because it sounds like, you know, um, in the lyrics, like there's some misunderstanding or maybe Jason dropped the ball, didn't understand something completely or something like that. And so, yeah, so continuing with the theme of what we're talking about, sometimes, you know, relationships with your friends, again, have a passage of time, too. And so maybe this is like him referencing after the trip to Mexico, maybe after that trip to Mexico was when this misunderstanding happened or something. We'll never know. Um, But anyway, this is my third favorite song on this album, Four Stars. 
Um, Black Sabbath 59 is what I call this song. Um, the ultimate slow burner. Uh, Jason's guitar work after the chorus is so effing fire. Um, um, Prince had a thing like um, uh, um, like he he talked about like sometimes when you play guitar like, you get that stank face like when you're just feeling it so bad you your face just contorts you're just feeling it. There's a lot of stink face lines in this <laughs> on this um, song. Um, the harmonica at the end when you know I, I was feeling hot. That harmonica is the bee's knees. Um, yeah, I mean, I just love this song. I've listened to this song like five times today. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think, Sam? All right. So first off, I love. I think this song is definitely like all this album is looking back on some specific event in his life and is exactly. writing about it. Like every song uh, he does. It's <laughs> talking about some specific memory. Like, I feel like a better name for this album would have just been Memories. Honestly. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's specific memories from Jason Martin's mind. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I love that big whack of the drums at the very beginning. Yes. It's just a cool sound. Yeah. Uh, this song is almost slowcore. Like this is Pedro the Lion slowcore. But heavy Pedro the Lion. <laughs> well, like if you listen to early Pedro, it's pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. Like if you listen to the um, just that one song, almost there. That's it. Other than the that, very first EP. That yeah, was- that's the one song, almost there. That was it. <laughs> but anyhow, mm-hmm. um. Those guitar licks around one minute and 20 seconds remind me of something uh, maybe from Everybody Makes Mistakes. Mm. Um, and I, I mentioned it before, but I'll say it again. The production on this album mwah, just feels so much cleaner, so much more vibrant than I Am A CEO. Mm. Uh, I really think it's someone at Tooth & Nail just really knows how to just make a record sound good. Bless their hearts. Um, I, I, I don't want to like bash on you know the indie effort they were pitting forward on ceo because i'm sure they pit their hearts and souls into it but man the production sounds good on this i'm just loving it mm-hmm. also i didn't much care for the production on a uh, low behold so i think that's another reason i'm loving this so much mm-hmm. um and then once again we get a little harmonica at the very end it's a fun yes. question um, this album would actually, I wish he would have just released a second version of this album or made it a double album, but just make the second disc just an acoustic version of this album. This album mm. would be so good acoustic. I agree. Like, it'd be such a good acoustic album. Um, once again, super vague lyrics. Um, someone or something took Jason down a few pegs and made him come crashing down into cold, hard reality. Like some weirdo. Uh, <laughs> It made me think, and I'm going to go into a side tangent here. Um, Monsters University. There is the the whole entire point of the movie, and it's honestly one of my favorite lessons that Pixar ever gives, as far as Pixar life lessons. Mike Wazowski gets to the end of the film, and he realizes no matter how hard he tries, he is simply not good at scaring children. He's not built for it. He knows all the stuff. He tries all the stuff. But he's simply not good at it, no matter how hard he tries. And I think we all have those moments in our lives where someone, a situation, something, we're we're like, I'm going to get this. I got this. I know how to do this. I know everything about it. And you suddenly realize, oh, 
I'm just not good at this. And no matter how hard I practice, I may get competent at it, but I'll never be great. And um, that's a moment I think we can all relate to at some point in our lives. Yeah, agreed. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, yeah, that is high-low. Um, Next up, Go ahead, sorry. Uh, this is next up, we have wrong time. You want to go, Sam, or you want me to go? I got this. All right. Go ahead. Uh, first off, I need more bass. <laughs> not on this song. Not on this song. Not on this song. That, that was a joke. Like, yeah. Give Stephen Dale raise, mm. and then and then Dale's probably going. Wait, y'all got paid for this? <laughs> um. I'm definitely getting some dial M vibes in this song mixed with um, talking voice versus song- singing voice, especially there's this uh, blink and you'll miss it around one minute and 50 seconds. There's a, a gated drum fill and they use it more towards the end of the song, but it's like this very Phil Collins eighties drum fill. And it just sounds that that's something they would have done in talking voice. And I love it. Um, around two minutes and 40 seconds, Jason does like a key change and starts seeing a little higher. Yes. And I think it's really cool to finally hear him embracing his voice as an instrument and not just trying to bury it. Like, yes, I don't think the only song I can think of that he ever flips the key he's seeing in would be your company from um, leave here a stranger. I don't think he ever flips the key like that ever. <laughs> so it's, it's just really cool to hear. Um, I think especially coming off of changing a guard CEO, this song is about missing his dad. Yes. Obviously. But really won't be the, won't be the last one on this album. <laughs> <laughs> but really, this it could be using the death of his dad as a metaphor for all the things in life that once they're gone, they're gone. Um, you know, this can be an opportunity, our youth, um, etc. Like there's just so many things in our life that once they're gone, there's we're never getting them back. We're never getting yeah. back those moments. Of course, we know how literal Jason gets, so metaphor is unlikely, but this song does feel very poetic. Um, Particularly with the line, I still see you in the night when all the lights are off, you glow in the dark. Mm -hmm. That's about as poetic as uh, J. Martin ever gets, I think. He gets poetic a lot, but yeah, that's a very good one. All right, well, this is side two of the record, so if you have the record, we're flipping it over wrong time and like yeah and then you mentioned like all these songs are about his dad the rest of them are about his dad <laughs> um but yeah so this is Rodney Flyer 59 and you said I, I hear what you said about um all the references there but um the keyboards in his intro Rodney would be proud of his little brother he'd be like you know what little brother good job good job it's really good <laughs> you gotta say it with a fake British accent though <laughs> That's true. That's true. The drums and keyboards still the show though here. Um, and 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 I noted that too about the voice change too. But you said it, so I'm not gonna go to it. Um, um, love. Um, um, the bridge, the way Jason's singing during the bridge is really good too. And then yeah, throughout the song, um, you know the 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 lyric the 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 vocals are really, you know, highlighted here, and I'm glad that they did that. The bombast of the outro is such a treat too. Um, and you and you nailed it. Yeah, this song is about his dad and those lyrics that you said, yeah, very poetic. And I and and I miss you. I love you. Wrong time. And it's like that is like he's like 
saying those things, I miss you, I love you. It's the wrong time because he's gone now. And I wonder if Jason's thinking I should have said these things to him more. But now it's the wrong time. You know? And that's what I got, I mean, from that. I'm not saying he said that's just how I interpret it. And then like you go in the dark, it's like how I took that is like when things are like he talked about it, you know, in other song the earlier songs, maybe that fight with his friend. Like he looks to his dad because you know before this song album Dowlim and and then even in Vanity and other you know so many albums he talks about his dad um, and so maybe you know he has those hard times maybe his his dad's example of how he was as a man as a Christian you know as a father that he, he it's like a beacon a north star for Jason that's how I took it you go in the dark like that his dad's his north star which is pretty amazing you know that's very beautiful that he had that relationship with his dad because not everybody has that and that's a beautiful thing and i'm glad that jason represents that and sings that sings about that in his music because yeah you know it's not to you know moms get a lot of praise as they should and everything but you know there's good dads out there too and i'm not saying that jason doesn't love his mom or anything but it's very cool that he has so many songs about his dad because you know there's some great dads out there so i really appreciate that um yeah this is my fourth favorite song in this album um three and a half stars um all right let's see what so tell me about retired oh oh, one more time one one last thing we'll go to retired um there's no chorus um in this song just like um slow and i love i can't think of other songs too but there's other songs um, where Jason, there's like no course, and I love those songs. I can't, I can't, can't think of one right now. <laughs> well, he, but like, he does on he does on Sled, right? The very yeah. first album. Yeah. He, he does, there's, so there's a million of them, and I can't even think of any any of them right now. And I'm I'm sorry, but those songs tend to be really good, you know. And I, I I'm not that the other ones aren't too, but I really do appreciate those. And I can't believe I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, so retired. Oh God, when I said seven good songs, they all can't be bangers. Um, this is my eighth favorite song on this album. One and a half star. Um, this sounds like a B B side Fire Fifty Nine. <laughs> sounds like. Jason was like, I can't just put seven songs. I have to make an EP, so let me get another song so I can at least make an album. Um, so, yeah, so it sounds like it could be a B-side from um, Dowlin. The B-side to Broken Arm, which I think I really didn't like, too, and I gave a bad review when we did that for the Ghost of the Future Past. I can never remember what that, which one it is. Um, this is possibly, at this point in Jason's career, the most skippable song that he wrote at this point. Um there's a better contender for that later that we'll get to. Um, but the guitar is um, doing the outro really good. I like it. It kind of kicks up and like makes it kind of rocky. Kind of feels like told me so again and more rocky. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. Maybe like lyrically, I think this song's about how Jason perceives how his dad dealt with his retirement. You know, um, how he was felt like he was less than like his meaning had passed and this is a call back to earlier in the next song as well about how jason's wondering you know and throughout his career what's the point of life what am i meaning that i miss my time you know should i should i just give up and give the kids a faster beat you know and so all that's in here um what do you think sam so let me tell you why you're wrong because this is definitely one of my favorites from this album last year Ever-loving heart. We were doing so good, Sam. Every time. Oh, my God. 
I need a shot. Go ahead, Sam. <laughs> so another huge drum whack at the beginning, and I love it. Kick off the song with those drums. Um, the beginning vibes of the song make me think of the opening track. Um, but instead of just looking back on your wa- life with your kids and your wife, you're reflecting on the death of being a rock star. Um, and that theme has been well explored in the death of the rock star trilogy. Um, my uh, Island. Uh, Island. Americana. <laughs> um, yeah. Like it's, it's a l- well-worn topic for Jason. Yeah. Um, but that theme, along with the chill indie rock vibes, definitely harken back to My Island, which is a dark horse of an album and not as much as it should be. Agreed. Um, the guitar sounds so good on this track, really on this album in general, but every note is crisp and clear, and every distorted chord has just the right amount of crunch. I mm-hmm. love the sound of this album. Um, Any song. Yeah, this song, this album, I love it. Yeah, okay. Um, just the how good it sounds. Um, if, I don't know if we've heard this the guitar layer this much in a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love how many layers of guitar he has going here. This like harkens back to like Americana or even fashion focus. The the layering of guitars and I love it. It's um so it's, it's a nice treat, kind of looking back to that that I'm, I'm just not feeling it but i but i hear what you're saying and like probably in a year or two i'm gonna look back and feel completely different about the song and i'm totally open to that but right now no i'm just not feeling it but i agree with what you're saying Continue. I, I think it's it's like a it's like a more chill indie version of shoegaze and that's why i'm yeah. loving it so much um and man these lyrics are hard because they mm-hmm. are real not Uh, cryptic not cryptic (laughs) this line it's tough to be retired when there's so much left to give but there's so much less to live yeah dude i am terrified Uh, of turning 50 and like feeling like i have so much undone but everyone being like you have nothing left to give give it up old man like i really feel bad for artists like like I, I use Kevin Max as an example. Or anybody, any artist, really. But I use Kevin Max as an example because he has such a high output volume. Yeah. Like the dude is just obviously so creative and continually putting out good music. But now that he's not thirty anymore, people just ignore him. Yeah. Except for like Prince, hardcore fans. Prince, I, same thing happened to Prince. Once the Prince got in his forties, like he was putting out stuff just like, but no one cared. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Um, and I know I'm not to that point in my life yet, but I feel it approaching every day. It's like a clicking co- clock, just counting down to the day when I'm no longer relevant. And I know it's coming, and I just I'm trying to do everything I can to be as relevant to get everything I can done now while people still care. Um, but in a sense, these lyrics could be taken as a point of comfort. Because this has all happened before to someone else, and it will happen again to you. There's nothing new under the sun. Don't fret about it. Like, you're not special. You're not... It's okay if you suddenly become irrelevant. You'll learn to deal with it just like every other person. Yeah. And and one thing, and and I think what he's saying here, too, like, the comfort is, you're not that important. No one is. Either Either God's important... Or we're all important. Stop trying to 
stop looking for production accolades major awards whatever it is to 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 be the proof that your life is worth me has meaning and was worthwhile your life period makes you worthwhile makes you worth of remembering you don't have to strive it's already done and that's the comfort i took from it even though i don't like the song the lyrics are good and that's the, what i got from the lyrics yeah so yeah. i love that one and yeah. that song leads nicely into the next one run around which yeah. is a short song mm-hmm. but wow that intro is just mm-hmm. like crazy oh, at once it could be it could be a, a neon horse song that intro <laughs> it's crazy it's and after the past couple songs, because the, the like previous two songs are so mellow, yeah, it's like a splash of cold water to the face, and you're just like, oh, hello, I'm awake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's almost what I put in my notes. But go ahead. <laughs> um, shout out to Trey Manny, who must be a studio band's dream come true. Because he plays every beat and know exactly where it needs to complement the music. He never overpowers it or goes crazy. He's just like, I play exactly what's needed, where it's needed, when it's needed. So, it's awesome. Yeah. Kudos to him. All right, well, are you, are you done? No, no. Oh, oh, okay, sorry, all right. My bad, go ahead. Um, the guitar build around two minutes sounds like pure pop gold. This whole song could have been um, a huge hit in 2003 if Switchfoot had played it and it was a minute longer. Like, this sounds like a Switchfoot song to me, honestly, and I love it. Um, just that that pop, alt-rock, early 2003 sound. Mm. I know it's because I was a teenager then, but I still mm-hmm. love it. Um, ly- lyrically, this song feels like a direct continuation of the previous song, or once again, the question yes. is, Am I still needed? Because I feel old. Um, and I also love the line, why can't you just walk it off? Because when you're young, that feels so e- super easy, both physically and like emotionally. Just yeah. like, oh, I got knocked down. I'm going to get up and try again. You know, rather it's falling out of a tree or, you know, breaking up with a girlfriend. Yeah, it hurts, but I'm going to walk it off in two days. Like, it's not the end of the world. My, yeah. my little brother who's... 20 years old he he works with sheet metal and like a huge thing though on his leg and he's up and walking around the next day and like i'm yeah. like man what would have happened to me i would have been down for the week um and the older you get the less likely you the less you like change the harder it gets to get up and try again when you've been hurt by people or situations amen um and so I like this song is honestly more of just a continuation of the previous song more than a standalone track, but I still love it. So good. Okay, okay. I'm done. Um, no, you're not. You're Sam. But anyway, so this is my seventh favorite song, Two and a Half Stars. Um, this is Ecclesiastes Flyer 59 um, because lyrically, um, I agree with everything you said lyrically, Sam, but slight difference. I feel like the lyrics are wanting to die, but you just can't pull the trigger to do it. And this pretty much summarized the whole Uber, the whole discography message of what Jason's saying. The walk it off part, I took it as like, yeah, there's mortgages, there's illnesses, there's insurance, there's disability insurance when you have a business, all these things. 
you just can't walk it off. These are hard things that you just have to deal with. You have to get up every morning. You have to put on your big boy pants and you have to face these things over and over and over again. You can't walk it off. You want to die. Vanity, vanity. Everything is vanity and chasing after the wind and the sun. This is such a <laughs> Ecclesiastes song and I love it. And again, um, the lyrics are amazing. Um, they're kind of cryptic, but not, I mean, to me, they're not cryptic, but I can see how they could be cryptic. Very clear, um, what he's saying. And I'm with you, um, crazy, and I put crazy bananas, neon horse intros. <laughs> um, I'm blown away, um, every time I listen to that intro. Um, Jason just shreds all throughout the song. The guitars are just crushing it. The tones in the guitar are amazing, too. Um, it's, I mean, I don't know what to say. It's, you know, it's it's a good song. I mean, I know I said two and a half stars, which I mean, I guess sounds low, but I guess I could bump that up to three. Um, but it's a good song. I mean, I don't skip it. I love it. I mean, it's, it's, it's Ecclesiastes put to music. And Ecclesiastes is my favorite book in the Bible. <laughs> and it's probably why I like Starfire 59 so much, because Jason's kind of, he, he's kind of got a little Solomon vibe going on. Not all that pessimism. I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> And that uh, brings us to... Go ahead, Sam. Tell me why you feel numb. I don't feel numb because this is not... <laughs> you know what I'm about to say. This is not your company on the end of Leave Here a Stranger. This is numb on the end of Slow. The second best song in this album. Four stars. Perfect closer for this album. Nailed it. Jason's back with the closers. There could not be a better song he could have written in this this album. Um, I feel like this song synthesizes all the musical motifs um, that Jason explores in this album into one song. You know, there's the slowness, his different vocals. You know, he, he does a lot of different things in here that kind of harkens back and callbacks to the musical stuff. Um, the drums really pop in this song, and of course, Stephen Dale is crushing it. Um, I really think of this song, um, but this week, when I'm listening to it, I'm like, wow, what is wrong? Like, this is a really banging song. Um, lots of stank face guitar licks in this song, too. Um, the lyrics here are stoic perfection, too. And look, I've never done this before, but I'm going to do this as quick as I can. All these lyrics. Okay, I'm about to break down the, the whole song lyrically. Okay, here we go. Jason goes, do you suppose the path of your life is chose? Obviously talking about predestination. Do you think that you have control of your life? And then his ne the next line, that more of it is gone than is coming, but you still feel the same. Like, do you, at, right now in your life, do you feel like you have more days ahead of you than you have behind of you? And do you feel the same from when you started? Next line, or do you suppose your life is in comatose? Do you feel like you're like just at a standstill, like a truce, like you're just not not even moving? Next line, with more staying than leaving, and nothing will change. So that means that you, in your life going forth, you feel like there's going to be more people, more opportunities leaving than staying. And if that happens, will nothing change in how you see yourself? And then the next line, was it really better back then? Were they really less? Were there really less problems? So. Back in your youth, were things really better? Were there really less problems? 
next line or was it really that because then you weren't so numb and like you were talking about sam with things that you go through in life um you know it can make you numb it can just make you just feel like you know i'm just going to wake up get through pay this more get this money so i can pay this more you send the kids off to school lunch whatever and then next line it's no good to be numb of course not it's terrible next line can you control when good times will come or go no you can't you can't you and that's why you have to appreciate the good when you can um and just hope that there's more coming next line if more are gone than are coming no one can say you don't know life's just a party and parties weren't meant to last so enjoy life get out there and just try to make the best of life that you can enjoy it as best you can um let's see sometimes i feel like my life is a contest yes he said that before um i had a whole ep no competing you know, can't stop eating um next line with nothing left to conquest and nothing left to say so again like an earlier song you know you feel like you like the the washed up um retired rock star like did i say everything you know you know no one's listening like is this it next line was it really better back then were there really less problems or was it really that that was because you were so numb you know it's not good to be numb and again going back to at the beginning of life was life we we get so nostalgic like what you mentioned sam again it's a very nostalgic album and we get in the trap of thinking hey when we were kids things were great and everything no things seemed great because you had two adults one adult and adult whatever some adults taking care of you protecting you doing things for you but now you have to do that on your own and that creates a lot of problems. So things weren't better back then. It's just that now you're an adult and you have to deal with so many things that end up making you numb in the end. Because in the end, we all die. Boom. All right. That's how I think about this song. Go ahead, Sam. What you got? <laughs> I'm going to be repeating a lot of what you say, but I'll kind of yeah. get my own spin on it. Um, yeah. Numb. Uh, this is one of my favorite tracks, you know, yeah. my top three. Um, musically, it feels like we've come full circle back to the first track. Mm -hmm. Um, it's slow, but not plotting. And I feel like there is a distinct difference. You can be slow, but not boring. Um, and a lot of artists don't know that difference. Mm. Uh, rather, this music feels contemplative to me. Like he's just, he's contemplating something. Mm -hmm. The gated drums fill in once again around one minute. And throughout the rest of the chorus section, you hear those gated drums. Um, it's a great effect. Gives me um, Talking Voice vibes, Ronnie Martin vibes, etc. Um, I love the little keys, or maybe it's a guitar line. I can't quite tell. Running through the background around one minute and fifty, it sounds like the twinkling of like distant stars, which stars are often used as like a nostalgic indicator or. Mm -hmm. To feel young and appreciate what's in front of you. And the uh, band Starflyer. <laughs> yeah. And then there's these backing vocals during Was It Really Better Back Then? That is kind of um, repeat what's said, but like in a distant, echoey kind of way. And it's both a really cool effect and a, it could be a reflection of the contemplative nature of the track. Like... Are you actually hearing what you're saying? Was it really better back then? Or, you know, et cetera. Are you thinking about what you're really, what's coming out of your mouth right now? Would your young self agree with you, et cetera? So 
The lyrics of this song sound like Jason has finished his personal contemplation and now he's ready to preach to all the people listening. So I call this, uh, you know, um, Preacher Flyer 59. Mm-hmm. Uh, for all the people that feel like life has already passed you by and you have no good times left. Was it really better back when you were young? Were the problems really any less? Or was it that you hadn't yet built up all these walls in your life and calluses? So I felt more abundant because there was just less stuff crowding out your emotions and your ability to enjoy what's right in front of you. And I feel like that's where so many of us run into an issue with life. Um, you know, we we remember how much more abundant and how full life felt when we were young. But we also forget because we build up calluses how much we got hurt when we were young because we were so much more open to all that stuff. But it's it is different hurts though because I mean a, a, a barring trauma like sexual abuse or stuff like that as a child your difficulties and problems aren't the same as as an adult getting laid off from a job that's gonna like as an adult like as a child you'll feel it maybe but as an adult you feel that way more yeah you know what I mean yeah, so it's that too so. I feel like the the final message of this album, and I love this because it feels so positive, yet in in a, such mm-hmm. a not not cynical, but that sweet, sad music way. Yeah. Wake up to the life that's right in front of you, and start living now while there's still breath in your lungs. Mm-hmm. And this may be more for me than what was actually being said in the lyrics, but that's how I like you know wake up now is your life. Get up and live it. Yeah. Don't waste. It. The whole point of this album is you don't know what's happening. You don't know what's going to, the future holds. All you have is right now, today. Do what you can to make set yourself up for a positive future. Love as much as you can. Be as lovable as you can because that's all you have, really. You don't have the future. The past is gone. You just have now. And yeah, and that's what that's what I took from this song in the album. And Jason probably was just like, I'm just writing songs about things that happened to me. <laughs> I think I think as he says he's just being literal. I think all these things are like happening in the background, but he's not consciously thinking of them. They just they're simply a product of yeah. what's going on. I agree. But anyway, we've talked for seventy five hours on a thirty two minute album, so which are probably <laughs> right all- wrapped as a I know we do. It's not like the shorter album is the longer we go. Like like we talked like for three hours for the time when EP is like seventeen minutes. <laughs> All right. My final thoughts. Mm-hmm. This album feels like a huge step up from IMCO. I've said it a hundred times in our yes. but agree, agree. I, I don't know if it's the production, the music, or if the lyrics are just more on point. All of it. But for an album called Slow, it feels like a huge breath of fresh air. Especially because I didn't care much for Lo and Behold either. So we had like two reviews in a row where I was just meh. And so (laughs) this album was just like, thank you. Yes. Good Starfire. Yeah. Uh, With that said, there's absolutely no denying the album is short, like super short. But I feel like Martin and company use this to their advantage more than anything. So here's the here's the deal. The whole entire ten songs and album is totally a made up construct. There's nothing that there's no rule book that says your album must be ten songs. Yeah, guys, be too black or bird. Do two songs for an album, and it's great. Like an album should be a story you choose to tell. That's great. 
Exactly. And in this, they came in, they said exactly what they wanted to say, both musically and lyrically, and they got the heck out. And they exactly. left wanting more. Less is more. Less is more. And like, this, you know, I don't, this album is like just a perfect meal. Like, that was really good. I can't wait to come back again. Exactly. Um, yeah, you're right. So, I give this song, this album very high marks. Uh, lyrics, oh, I give it two and a half. Two and a half? Okay, go ahead. Music, I give it two and a half. Um, overall, I give it a three. I just, I loved this album so much. It was just a great experience. And so is that eight? Me, is that eight? Is it my math eight right? Out of nine. It made me oh, look lower if I reviewed it again. But when I wrote this, wow, this I was feeling about it. So wow, okay. Well, I'm gonna do my, I'm gonna do my rating first, and then I'm gonna explain why. If 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 I had just r- rated this without listening to it this week, like what my previous con- um, conceptions of this album was, I probably gave this like a four or a three, <laughs> to be honest. But I haven't really listened to it and diving into it, and now that I have a better appreciation for it, because I just don't listen to it that much. Shame on you, Bad Anderson. Um, lyrically, three. What's wrong with you, Sam? These these are Jason's best lyrics overall. Best. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's been other songs on, like, you know, Americana, Fashion Focus, where there's better lyrics, but every song, these lyrics are good. Three. Music, mm, that's the rub there. I don't know. That's really hard. And I think that's what, although it's it's very diverse, for some reason, I don't know, it's still, even though I can, like, I pointed out through how different it was, in my head, it still sticks as being samey. I don't know. So it's like one and a half for me for music. So that's four and a half. But then overall, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's going to stand the test of time. We talked about like the last Laurel EP and some um, 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 Everybody Makes Mistakes, some other albums. Some of these albums are just like, it's like, what is this genre? What what genre is this? Like, this is just like its own genre. Like, what is this? It's going to be timeless because there's no peers to it. And when you do something original, that's how it is. And that's how I feel this album. Like, I, I can't think of another band that sounds like this album. I don't think it came in, and I know we picked out little different um, Starflyer, Jason projects and stuff, a song here and there, but overall, this doesn't fit into like a Jason album. And so I think it's going to last. So I give it three. Overall, so is that seven? I think we give this a seven. seven. No, that's seven and a half out of eight. So you only gave it no, no, five. No, 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 I can't do that. I can't do that. Let's make this a, let's make this a six. <laughs> Whatever I need to read the six albums. <laughs> Okay. I'll still stick with the three for lyrics. I'll still stick with the three for lyrics because the lyrics are really good. But whatever I need to do to make it a six, this is a six. Okay. And the reason why I say that is because of all that stuff I just said. And it's 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 unique musically. The lyrics are very poignant and very specific. All and even the cryptic ones. And they're about things that I think about all the time. You know, the futility of life. What's the meaning of life? Um, Jason gets very introspective. And yeah, it's it's a solid album. And it's shame that I didn't realize it before. <laughs> so, that's it. Oh, what a run. So, six. And, I six. Think and you're giving it an eight. <clears throat> I give it an eight. Um, I think when we... I'll be curious to see when we uh, get to the end of this project, which we're almost done. Like, yeah. we only have like four albums left. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, but when we get to the end of this project, I want to rank you know, all the Jason projects and just see where everything ranks. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see where this one falls. 
Me too. Because it was consistently near the bottom, but I'm not sure now. I like it's gonna be because my plan when I get to that point is I'm just gonna listen to like silver all the way through. Just listen to everything. Yeah. See what it sounds like. Wow. It's gonna be nuts. <laughs> but anyway. Well, with that stated, everybody, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you for blessing Sam's heart. He needs it all he can. Um, keep sending those blessings to him. And as always, guys, <laughs> this is a Brothers King Media production. Thanks, guys. Bye.